save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by C.J. Vogel. Uh, C.J., you and I had talked over the weekend and uh, really wanted to uh, maybe we thought about this question and, and I actually asked it to you in another video and we went a little bit into it, but I felt like it was a question maybe that uh, could be fleshed out a little bit more uh, in a longer video. Uh, our producer, Matt, suggested it as well. Um, and, you know, I think it was a couple of days ago I asked you, is Texas the new it school? Um or are they one of them at the very least, right? Um, and that's that's going to be the, the topic for today. We'll talk about 10, 15 minutes here. Just try to give people a sample of what, what I'm talking about and thinking about here. Uh, you cover recruiting and have re recovered recruiting for a while now. I've done it for 30 plus years. Um, I'm a little bit removed from it in some ways now, though. And I just got to ask you, you you went and talked to players at, this, as, at the junior day on Saturday. You heard their excitement and saw it. Yet you've also seen it in years prior where there wasn't as much maybe excitement around the, the program as there is today. So I'm just going to put it to you bluntly. Is it different right now than it was a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, et cetera? I mean, are you feeling that and seeing that and witnessing it when you're talking to people uh, and players as well as their parents? I think it's undeniably different. I think you're starting starting to see Texas at its full power, and I don't. I think there's still room for Texas to grow on a national stage, but on the in-state side of things, you don't get a hundred prospects, ninety percent of whom from inside the state of Texas, to come to campus for one specific weekend when you don't have things rolling the way that Texas has things rolling. And I mean, the Junior Day was a, a hot topic. We've talked about it in length uh, throughout the week, and and, and you know. We will continue to talk about it, but that's the you know the fact of the matter. Texas is coming off a season in which they finally piece things together on offense, on defense, on special teams, and most importantly in the record book. You know, you're 12 and two. You were in the college football playoff. You were one of four of the final teams in the in the entire country that was fighting for a a spot at the national title. Texas hasn't been in that position since most of these kids were in diapers. Some might not have even have been born yet, if you want to feel old, but that's what you're starting to see. When these kids were growing up, it was it was kind of a legend or a myth. It was Texas was, you know, when they were good, that's what it's like. You know, they, they, they put a ton of guys in the NFL. They were on the national scene in terms of competing for a national championship. While growing up, elementary school, middle school, now they're in high school, they didn't necessarily see that. They heard the promises every year, just as we did, but they didn't see it on the field. Now they're seeing it on the field. And as we've talked about, Rod and I love talking about it all the time. When Texas is winning on the field and they're sending guys into the NFL, there's really not a negative in terms of what other teams can use to recruit against Texas. You have the academics. You have the proximity to, to just about everywhere in the state of Texas. You have the big city, the marketability, the NIL factors come into play as well. Everything that you want when Texas has the results on the field lines up, and it's a perfect storm for Texas. I so so I'm I'm agreeing with you in in so many ways. Um, 
you know, I think that Texas has has definitely uh, delineated itself from A&M, from a, a TCU who was in a college football playoff, college football championship game a year ago. But yeah. TCU's just not Texas, right? I mean, they're a private school in Fort Worth. To your point, uh, Austin's the, the state capital for one of the reasons it's in the middle of the state, right? Or in, in the middle part of the state. So it's easy access to Dallas, easy access to Houston, San Antonio, Central Texas, East Texas even. Um, all within, you know, spitting distance from Austin. Um, and so it's very interesting to me how that that's played a role. Uh, what's also interesting to me that, that, that I think has played a role um, is just the style that Texas has gone about and done this with. It hasn't been um, three yards in a cloud of dust old school. It hasn't been the aw shucks charm of, of Mac Brown or the wit and witticism of Daryl Royal, as well as the ingenuity on the football field that he showed. Um, Steve Sarkeesian's doing it a little bit differently, and it's with a modern take, if that makes sense, which I think also fits the Texas brand to some level because it's in a, it's in a cosmopolitan city now, too. It's not – this isn't in East Texas or um, in Fort Worth or something. This is actually – in a cosmopolitan city, city, large amount of white collar workers, large amount of alumni, etc. Um, it it really it, it dawns on me that Sark is kind of that fit of it as well, and he has a direct impact on it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. It certainly feels like Sarkeesian gets it. You know, we talk about it, he gets it. And I, I, I wanted to kind of double down there. It, for Texas over the years, it felt like the big recruiting pitch was come be in Austin. You know, you, you get F1, you get to drive out to Coda, you know, ACL is in town every, every fall. You can, you know, go on your bye week, whatever it is, uh, South by Southwest. There's a lot of cool things to do in Austin. Come live in Austin, be a part of an Austinite life. It, especially for young people, especially for young people. It's like a Mecca in the state of Texas for young people. That to me, it was always, that was the approach when Texas wasn't winning games. Come be in Austin. Now you get to double up by living in Austin, experiencing all of those events, having a, a pretty fun lifestyle as well with being developed to further your NFL and football career while winning games on the field. It's a, a combined sword. And the other thing, the, the fun theme that you talk about Austin a lot in is the cutting edge technology of it being on the front edge of of whatever the new trend is, you know, whatever, whether it be Google moving down here, Meta's around the corner, Tesla obviously making headways, you know, not too far from the, the downtown Metroplex, but you talk about being on the cutting edge. When Texas is able to fully put everything together, we're now starting to see Texas really start to make headways in a national way, similarly to what we're seeing the city of Austin do on a national scale. So it's encouraging. It, it, I don't think it's one of those things where it's too 
factors fighting against one another, it's complementary. And sorry, that's one of Sarkeesian's favorite terms. So it, it's really encouraging. And as long as Sarkeesian's here and he sees the vision and continues to take steps towards that vision, it's not something that's going to slow down. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, what are some of the kids saying? Like what, what are the kids and the parents saying about that it factor or what have you? I mean, what you talked to a bunch of them on Saturday. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I mentioned it. There was always a hesitancy with Texas because they couldn't develop. They couldn't get kids to maximize their potential on the field and eventually reach their goal of the NFL. That's ultimately every kid's goal that has scholarship offers. That's the dream growing up. They want to get to the NFL. Now, when you talk to, to talk to kids about Texas, it's, well, yeah, they just sent four defensive linemen to the NFL in the last two years. Oh, they got a first-round tackle right now. They got a first-round quarterback coming up. How could we forget the three running backs that have been taken in the first four rounds over the next two, uh, the last two drafts as well? They have two wide receivers right now that are going to be taken in the first 60 picks. It's all about football now, and I think that's really encouraging, whereas the conversation at times would – focus on football, but more times it would be, again, like I said, what the city of Austin, what the university would bring to you. It's football centric. And as long as I mentioned, as Sarkeesian's here and his staff is a, is around, that's going to be the conversation as it continues into the SEC as well. I'm, I'm thinking about this. And one of the reasons what we talk about is that Alabama has been the it school for a long time. You know, Nick Saban, and it's not because Tuscaloosa is some thriving metropolis, by the way. I mean, it's because right. he was putting player after player in the NFL and it was becoming that that uh, you know juggernaut, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And he he got them, and he would develop you, et cetera. And this, you got into this program, you played well and did well and did your part. You'd end up in the NFL. That's part of it. Um, that was part of the it school. Plus, they were winning championships. You know, Texas winning the Big Twelve this year, I think, and having a trophy out at at yeah. Junior Day for the Big Twelve championship. No, Texas, Texas Junior Day hasn't featured a trophy in 15 years. So right. that, that's part of it, too. Um, but I, I mentioned Alabama, and they, they're clearly, with Nick Saban retiring, they're clearly stepping down from that. Georgia, I mean, I'm just thinking of other teams that are in this conversation. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, maybe Oregon is starting to feel that way a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, mm -hmm. They had a good year this year. Uh, USC was on the cusp of that, but. Lincoln Riley kind of stuttered uh, yeah. this year. Clemson, we thought was headed in that direction, but um, who are who are some of the schools, in your opinion, that kind of fit into this same parameter that Texas has? And do they have? I mean, do they have what Texas has as far as proximity to talent, et cetera? I mean, what are your thoughts? I'm right there with you. I thought Alabama was the gold standard for as long as Nick Saban was here. I don't think that's like, I don't think you can dispute that. That right. was just the state of the, that was matter of the fact. Georgia to me right, right now is the new gold standard in college football. Kirby Smart has that thing rolling. They have consistently top two classes in, in the, 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 the high school ranks. They own the, uh, the portal as well. That to me is where, Texas needs to compete with. Georgia is that school right now. I look around the country, however, and I see that spot for number two as wide open. We talked about Nick Saban retiring. Seemingly, Jim Harbaugh's in flirtations or conversations with the NFL every year. I think that's a little bit of a hindrance in terms of what kind of talent they can get out of the high school ranks. But to his credit, they just won a national championship. As long as he's there, they're going to attract talent and they're going to compete. Oregon, to me, is that interesting school. 
And I think this, the move that they made to the Big Ten is going to keep them in that conversation right now. Because and, and per perhaps more relevant in the Big absolutely. Ten than the Pac-12. Absolutely. Because the, the long conversation is the Pac-12 is dead. The Pac-12 is dissolving. What happens now? Now you're in a solidified conference with tremendous history and, and teams that compete at a high level. Oregon to me is very interesting because you have a good coach that is hoping to stick around for as long as he can. By all accounts, turn down Alabama. You have a great backing. You obviously have the attraction that kids like as well with the Nike uh, uh, assimilation. You get the logos, the, the the jerseys, everything that's shiny. The kids like that with Oregon. Clemson has taken a step back. And I'm looking at Ohio State right now with the addition of Bill O'Brien as I don't I don't know what direction they, they're heading in. I I think that there was already question marks and conversations happening about Ryan Day. You go out and you add Bill O'Brien, who has not necessarily been a contributing factor to any winning team that he's been on, and it starts the conversation of how long does the Ohio State run of acquiring big talent like this continue if they continue on this kind of trajectory. So Texas is right there because their trajectory is heading up, and right now there's not necessarily anything in the way to stop that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if LSU isn't a possibility there. Just had a Heisman yep. winner. Brian Kelly's a good coach. Uh, the thing about an Oregon that, that makes it really tough for them is, and it, does, it doesn't happen at Georgia. It doesn't happen at, uh, Florida State's a team that's on the rise, by the way. But um, yes. Yes. It, they, Oregon does not have that easy access, access to talent like Texas, like Georgia, like Florida State, or even Alabama, where there's so many uh, cities within that area of the uh, of the country uh, that they can just uh, you know relate to or get to uh, easily. Um, Oregon is it kind of stands out as that team where I mean you have to fly four hours anywhere like east of the Rockies to get to Oregon, yes. and it's not and Eugene is not right next to. Um, right, right next to the airport in Portland. So um, my point being that that, that makes it hard um, for them to actually be there. But I do think the the joining the Pac-12 gives them, uh, or excuse me, joining the Big Ten gives them a real opportunity. Uh, and I agree with you. I think Georgia is the standard bearer right now. Yes. Um, I don't know if they'll ever be the one that's the only one. I mean, they won two championships in a row, so you can't talk about them without saying that because. Uh, Clearly, they're and they're producing NFL talent by the droves. They came into Texas this year and took out a, several good prospects, right? Um, yeah, I would go. I would go Georgia. I think Michigan and Ohio State are right there right now. But I do think that Texas has a chance to to be in that category. And I think in this area of the country, they already are. That's yeah. that's where I think the worm has turned. Where where things have changed from what we just knew a year ago, really, where Texas was coming off a five and seven season and Arch Manning chose Texas. Then <laughs> they went eight and five, right? Now they're 12 and two. I mean, I think I think it's been building, a, that slow build is paying off because now they're seeing proof in the pudding over time as opposed to just being a one-hit wonder. So uh, it's very interesting to me to see that and, and whatnot. You have anything else to add to this conversation? I, I, I wanted to touch real quick on the 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 regional aspect of this yep. because for a long time 
at least when Sarkeesian got here, you've mentioned in the past, he's been fighting behind Jimbo Fisher because he yes. had been here. He, he had been a longer tenured coach in the state of Texas. He had a little bit better ties as a result of that as well. A&M, obviously no stranger to fighting, you know, highly contested recruitments, national recruitments. They had been in that funk uh, for a while. They had been in those fights. A&M's turning a new leaf. They're in a new era. It, it's going to take time for recruits and co uh, high school coaches to trust that. They got to see the results on the field, similarly to what we have seen with Sarkeesian and his time at Texas. It takes time to build that. Oklahoma is certainly building in that same region. Uh, they're on the, the rise, I would say, after a five and seven season as well. Ten game uh, winning, you know, winning ten games this year is not something to scoff at, despite what some would say a, a, a easy schedule, but Besides the point, Bobby, but there's one more school I wanted to mention, and it's not necessarily in the region, but on a national scale. USC just made a hiring on the defensive coordinator this year. That was always the biggest uh, question mark with Lincoln Riley. Can he get a defense to support his offense? Because he's going to put up points, he's going to score, he's going to put up yards, whatever. For the longest time, his defense has always been his Achilles heel. He went out and added the UCLA defensive coordinator, who had just – the number one front seven in the entire country in terms of pass pressures, rush defense. That was the staple of the USC or UCLA defense. Could UC, USC join that conversation if Lincoln Riley is able to field a defense finally? They're in LA, big brand, blue blood. What do you think? I, I, that, look, USC's a, a, a program not unlike Texas. I mean, they have all the things that you would want on the surface. Yeah. You have to put it together there, right? And you know what? Yeah, they could surely be it. They have been before, you know? And, and so I don't have a problem with that, with, with you saying that at all. The question, though, becomes, is Lincoln Riley the guy to do it? Because he, he hasn't been. He hasn't paid enough attention to defense. Um, and now, I, you know, they're getting beat on some recruits. Um, out there that I think his honeymoon in LA is over. Whereas I think he had a year kind of, of, of just everybody couldn't believe he brought Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. He was a one hit wonder. Then this year, the wheels fell off. Right. As opposed to that slow, steady build of what we we've seen with Sark at this point. All right. right. That, that, that's going to do it for that part. I do want to say this. One more thing happened uh, on Saturday night that, that I want to mention William Gay, uh, the former, uh, defensive back uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, played ball high, college ball at uh, Louisville, uh, has been hired uh, by Texas as a NFL or as a senior analyst for defense. Uh, we believe this will take the place of Dwayne Aquina. Uh, Gay played in the NFL, like I said, I think for 13 years for the Steelers. He's a long-term uh, NFL guy, has coached in college some, uh, but has been more behind the scenes. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting hire for Texas and, and someone that I think could possibly lend a little more back-end experience because that's clearly what Sark was trying to do when he added Dwayne Aquina, right, was go back into that secondary and relook at things because Pete Kwiatkowski does a tremendous job with the front seven, right? So this may be another guy, uh, another piece to the puzzle. Uh, for the Longhorns. All right, that's going to do it uh, for our Sunday uh, morning conversation. CJ, thanks a bunch, bud. Uh, I hope you have a good weekend. Follow, keep following up on those guys that we're visiting this weekend. We'll be back again later tonight uh, for a live stream. Uh, if you don't hear from us about the commitment or who knows what, 
on Sunday. Uh, for CJ Vogel, I'm Bobby Burton. Hook them.